check. One, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, Josh. Do you like the curated playlist I'm creating here for, for you? These are songs that remind me of you. Uh, all right. You know that uh, that's Leon Patillo's vocals on that. Leon Patillo. Who later on uh, gave his life to the Lord and started singing gospel. This, this album sounds pretty pretty gospelish. Yeah, it's a great album. I, re- I it's one of my favorites. Um, I remember being a kid just listening to these old classic cuts. <laughs> I wasn't listening to what was popular on the radio in the eighties. It was all this cool stuff. Yeah, Santana. Santana. It's interesting because um, in 1969, when Santana started, um, came out, of course, they were in Woodstock in 69, but um, I happened to be... He was on acid, too. Oh, yeah, I know. I I read, (laughs) I heard his testimony. He told the story about it. Um, He ends up taking acid, not realizing that they were about to go on. No, they got called ahead of time. Right. No, yeah, they they dropped acid thinking they were going to perform way later. So it was, it was, uh, the bands could not get there unless they were on a helicopter. And anyways, they ended up getting on there early and he's all like, (laughs) it's funny because he says he was, he's playing the guitar and is trying to get away from him. He's holding it. And it's just trying to escape. <laughs> the guitar is trying to escape. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, one of the things is, the reason I mentioned 69 is because I was playing accordion back then. And actually, I was actually starting to drop out of play, playing accordion. And um, and one of the things was because I, I started hearing music like Santana and all this. I'm like, man, what the heck am I doing? What am I doing playing this thing? The Biro Barra Polka and the uh, Tennessee Walls, the Marines hymn, Never on a Sunday. And I'm playing all that. And um, even as a kid, I was doing, uh, we would go to convalescent homes and we would play. And they always had, we're going to have Rudy Trujillo on the transit play um uh, never on a Sunday, and I would play a a solo. I would always end up doing a solo. Nice. So you used your <laughs> gift for good, and then you discovered rock and roll. Well, we're yeah. back for part two. Uh, this time we're in the same park or a different location. You be careful for the rabid squirrels around here. He's a little aggressive. That was right above us. This is a squirrel that was kind of like didn't even want to budge when i pulled up really and uh of course we're getting eaten by mosquitoes the sucker must be from the barrio <laughs> do you get you get bit by mosquitoes a lot because i do oh yeah they love this dark meat yeah it's the blood it's not the meat but wow i don't know whatever. so part two i'm hoping we can get through this without um uh the word in reality <laughs> I counted how many times you said, in reality. <laughs> yeah, is that right? <laughs> uh, maybe we can catch some of our banter on here, too, okay, because we yeah. were really reformed on the first one. Well, I'm going to go you back and, and uh, banter a lot. And see what the heck, how many times you say whatever it is you say. <laughs> I say a lot of the dumb things a lot. No, just kidding. Um, so, yeah, part two, we had a great conversation. Uh, I think we I was up to like 60 60 listens already. Oh, my God. Mosquito. Go away. <laughs> I was up to about 60 when, um, last time I checked. And uh, so, yeah, people are listening and, and uh, 
yeah, yeah it's good I'm, stuff i'm gonna see if we could promote it more and it's just it's just important to hear life stories is is therapeutic uh it helps us to connect and and, and in many ways uh, we connect in the sense of like we're not in, in this alone. The possibilities the, of the different outcome versus like, um, man, I'm I'm stuck in this mode and my life is in a um, in ruin mode, destructive mode. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be uh, stuck. A lot like of that. people can relate to that. A lot of people can share that same story or that s- same experience. And then I also think about the people who don't have that sort of story or experience. And they're just, I wonder if what they think when they hear stories like that, like, wow, what the heck? Like, yeah, when people come to, to Jesus, sometimes they just, you know, they just do it because they've been searching other religions and, and, and whatever. And, and they decide, okay, this, this way of Jesus seems like pretty good. You know, it just, I think everybody kind of comes to, to Jesus in their own and different from yeah. different backgrounds, different ways. I think we're just so used to our type of stories where it's always like chaos, destruction, and God like pulls delivers us out of that. It's not always the case for a lot of people. Yeah, I guess I call them being straight as an arrow. There's people that are just straight as an arrow. You know, I heard a guy one time. He said he never drank. He never smoked. He never took drugs. I was like, "What the heck, dude? You're a, you're a walking miracle." Yeah. What do you do for fun? <laughs> Hold his breath until he passes out. I guess. Um. You 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 kind of got me angry yesterday when, through the Facetime. I kind of want to joke you a little bit because you were talking about Dodgers, and I was saying I hope they get eliminated tonight. And you're like, no, you know. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're wearing a Giants jersey talking about you want the Dodgers to win well yeah because the Giants are out and they're the next L, you know L18 oh that's your thought process on that yeah not the fact that they're bitter rivals well I know (laughs) because Dodger fans would never root for Giants if we were in the championship or trying to get to the World Series yeah it was funny because (laughs) uh, the first time that we went to uh, San Francisco game up at Candlestick um, we had some uh, Dodger fans with us, and e man, it was it was <laughs> rough. Night in the in 80s. the eighties, yeah, it was rough, man. I was like, what the heck? I didn't realize how how much uh, of a rivalry there was. Yeah, so tonight is actually Game Six. So if the if the Braves don't put them down tonight, I think the the Dodgers will win and go to the World Series. So hopefully the Braves can get it done today. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Except for you, you want the Dodgers to go and win. I want them to continue losing decade after decade after decade, 32 years. Well, me too when it comes to playing the Giants. That's just the way I, I, I am. So back. So here we are. So the last where we, we're going to pick off uh, where you you met the Lord, you got plugged into church, uh, Paul Wickham. But what happened then? And then from there, you got sent out to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the first uh, part of our sessions, you know, I mentioned how Tony and I uh, roll up on Paul Whitcomb right near the um, on San Fernando Road, right near Jungle Chicken. And of course, um, when he began to pray over us, man, I'll tell you, Josh, 
I I I swear, and I'm gonna say it. I swear, it seemed like uh, I felt like if Jesus walked into the room, put his hands on me, uh, he put his hand on my forehead, and was telling me, "I've called you out. I have a purpose. I have something. I you know in your life, and you know if you'll follow me." And I just felt that it, you know from that moment on, um, I didn't realize that. Uh, Paul had just started the church. I went there looking because I was hungry. And I got to tell you that every single service, it was nothing fancy about the place. Um, you know, uh, beat up chairs, bean bags, and no stained glass windows. But man, I'll tell you, it, it was fresh. It was alive. It, it, I could just sense that God was in every everything he was saying, every single gathering. I would be thinking like, man, who in the heck is telling them my thought processes, you know, yeah. what I'm thinking about. You guys are having some amazing uh, church experiences or spiritual experiences at the church service. And that's, that's you were like, wow, this is, this is a trip, right? Yeah. Because of course I, I, and this is all new to you. It's all new, man. It's all brand new. I love it. I'm hooked. I'm addicted. I'm turned on. And um, I remember that, uh, you know, from that moment of the experience in the apartment, man, life was a whole different ball game. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't mention this last time, but uh, when I went back to work, because I was, I had, you know, I, I was off, man, because I had been blinded and all that. And when I got back to work, the last time they seen me. Uh, one girl, you know, I was acting crazy, trying to get naked and all that kind of stuff. And when I come back to work, I'm preaching Jesus <laughs> from one week to the next. Though. From the, from one week, <laughs> from one week to the next, I show up. I'm preaching Jesus. They, you know what? I, I got to tell you that they, I I I don't know how people. I guess I was offending people. I got called in by the supervisor, and he said, Rudy. You're offending people. <laughs> I said, is that right? You know what? I, when I was uh, selling drugs and I was coming in here late and wasted, nobody got offended. Yeah. And now everybody's offended. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I got out of there after a while. The Lord opened up another door. But um, but that's that's the the dynamic that takes place. I feel that when someone has a... Um, um, what do you call it? Um, is that on, the job where, you, or the new job where you used to ride your bike to and you used to listen to the yeah, preaching I, tapes I, on the I way would, to work? Yeah, I would ride my bike all the way from San Fernando all the way to Canoga. Canoga Park. Canoga Park. I would ride it from uh, actually on Van Owen, then later on I moved in with my sister, but I would ride my bike um, and I, I strapped on a huge cassette player and I'd have like, I started recording, uh, preaching and all that. And I, I probably looked like a psycho, you know, with, uh, on a cycle, on a cycle, bicycle, uh, blasting, uh, sham box and different preachers and on my way, man, singing, I'm so glad, you know, Jesus the old songs, Jesus set me free. And I remember one time I'm going down, uh, I believe it was Sherman Way or Van Oye, I'm not sure, but there's a police station out that way in the West Valley. 
and and I'm coming down the road my my on my bike and I'm blasting preaching you ain't got no trouble all you need is faith in God that kind of preaching right R W Shambox <laughs> yes R W Shambox anyways um this dude is crying he's out in front of the police station he's crying some white dude so I pull over hey man what's going on? man those epin blah 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 I said, really, man, you know that Jesus loves you? All of a sudden, <laughs> you mother, blah, blah, you, he, he went into a rage, man, started, I go, go ahead, man, hit me. <laughs> I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> Anyways. So how long, so, so what, that was 78? Yeah, 1978 of March that uh, all this began to take place. And, you know, the reality is that uh, as Paul That's was one. starting it, um, Okay. <laughs> Keep count. The reality. That's two. The masters of reality. That's three. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Anyways, um, the incident that took place is um, as as um, I began to tap in with uh, Paul is, uh, man, he was just starting the church. Uh, it was just maybe, I don't know. Uh, five people you know there wasn't too many people yeah. and man we begin to see the church grow it just we begin to evangelize um um and and, and he incorporated a lot of the music you guys were listening oh to. yeah yeah he's like he was a, a rocker himself. oh my god he would play you know later on for a while he put his guitar down because he uh, felt that music was like a hindrance uh, it was too much of a hindrance and he put his guitar down and finally, when he picked it up, he started worshiping and praising and leading us into worship, praising. And then out of that, because at first it was just acoustic, just Paul on the acoustic. And then from that, as people were coming, uh, they created a band. And later on, they called them Sons of Thunder. But, uh, you know, from that, you know, then and Paul really began to get real radical and uh, we would go into the streets and we would set up we would set up the band right there on the street right on the street no permits no nothing we just set up and uh the band Jam start out. yeah start playing we start giving testimony and just um preaching but one of the things about it is that Paul always had that radical evangelistic spirit about him that that said let's take this into the highways the byways as 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 they say it in the uh, Christian world, right? Um, you know, literally meaning go into the barrios, go into the um, the neighborhoods, and just preach. But uh, that's what Paul began to do. And man, I got to see the church explode. Mm. I got to see it explode. And uh, you were like the first one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, even before the first service, we're you know we're there, you know, and me and Tony. And I remember later on, my brother Raw, he also came with his uh, girlfriend at the time. And uh, he, went, he actually came, he was on LSD one time. <laughs> at church? At church. I go, man, dude, what are you doing, man? He took some LSD. But anyways, um, just it was, it was powerful because the reality was that that was my, that was the model. That was what I seen. That was, that was that was um portrayed yeah. was um 
preach the gospel. Go out, man, and and just preach the gospel and reach people. And just get them this this message out, right? Of of God's yeah. saving power. And, and and the reality there's four. That's five. And, all right, and the awesomeness <laughs> of um. You can say it. I'm just being funny. Yeah, the reality of that Jesus Christ can make a difference in our life. That He literally can transform a, a person's life. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really what hooked us. That's really what got us was the reality of Jesus Christ not being dead, not being in a tomb, not hanging on a cross, but the reality of uh, him being raised from the dead and that he's actively involved in people's lives, people that will turn to him, people that will call on him, people that are hungry for him. I, you notice I didn't say perfect people. I didn't say people without uh, flaws and failures and who have fumbled uh, through life and all that. But, you know, those right. are the people. It's regular that he, regular folks. Regular people that, man, that they're just um, hungry and, and they want a change in their life and they look to the Lord. So when did mom come into the picture? Yeah, so, um, so Josh, we, we jumped from that building. We went to another building on San Fernando uh, Mission. And uh, every building, man, we would end up packing it out. We moved. Finally, we moved over to the old unemployment office on Sanford. We have mom's side here. Yeah. Side of the story. <laughs> yeah. She's going to tell you how innocent she was seeking Jesus, and I came along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <Like> um, wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we were having church right there on um, uh, Paxton and San Fernando Road, the old unemployment office. Uh, I don't know if it's Devontree. might be Devontree. I'm not sure. But um, we were having a, um, uh, back then we called them revivals of five days. We would go five days, man, of church, mm -hmm. starting actually six days because we would start on Sunday morning and mm -hmm. then Sunday night and then Monday all the way through Friday. Right. And, man, it would be crazy because what was exciting about it is that we would go out preaching on the streets, passing out flyers. Inviting people to the. going, Yeah, going. we would go to San Fernando, uh, preaching in the San Fernando, uh, in the barrio, wow. uh, uh, the mall, and in the barrio, Kalisher. And then we would also go to Pacoima. For people who know what the barrio is, to, yeah. it's it's the neighborhood of, of San Fernando, like the original, like the OG neighborhood right is that yeah is that yeah true? san fernando um the og san fernando guys the shaking uh, cats uh well man it goes way back way before shaky cats for sure is, uh you know guys like uh i think even like uh donald garcia come out of san fernando big d um let me see there's a bunch of guys man um the boxer um garcia comes out of san fernando mm -hmm. All kinds of, there's all kinds of guys that came out of there. But anyways, uh, we would preach there. We would preach in Pacoima and the projects. Yeah. And uh, they, we were seeing a mass. We, it was a real powerful move of God because I remember times where guys would say, hey, we're not, we don't go over there. Hey, we don't go over there. And it seemed like, like uh, the neighborhoods, the neighborhood, Pacoima would not go to San Fernando. 
and vice versa, you know, unless they were going to do whatever it is they're going to do. But um, that I think um, Paxton and San Fernando Road was a middle ground. And that's where we really got more where they would come and all that, you know, where it, it more of a neutral ground because it's on the borderline sort of, yeah. you know. That's uh, the park there? No, no, no. The building, the oh, old gotcha. un, the, uh, the unemployment the, office. It used to be the unemployment office. So we're having a five-day, six-day um, meeting with uh, Samora, Evangelist Samora. I think it was Abel Samora, Tony Samora's dad, uh, the Samora family that's still doing ministry. But um, their, their, Tony's dad was the one preaching and... Uh, uh, the lady, there was a shop next door that where they so she sold clothes and all that, and she's the one that gave your mom a flyer, flyer. and told her, "Hey, come come tonight. You know they're having church. It's going to be really good and all that." And your mama was there buying a dress and you know shopping and all that, and that's how she, her and Laura came. Your auntie Laura came, and um, I was doing sound at the time, you know, sound man all the way back then, and. Uh, I remember when they walked in, I was like, hmm, wow. <laughs> Typical wow. church, uh, uh, yeah, thing. Well, like, wow. well you know, hey. <laughs> Josh, only because, dude, I have went like a whole year, like, you know. Of unplugging from that. Uh, yeah, that whole vibe. Life. Yeah, you know, like, you know, from back in 78, you know, I think my challenge from God, I felt, was the Lord said, Rudy, keep it clean, you know, keep it clean. And, um, yeah, because you were really dirty. Well, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, if, you, if your natural reaction is when you're high to get naked, I mean, you must be a pretty freaky. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, at, at, um, I think That's I was, where I, get it from. I was 16 and I'm living with a girl yeah. in Silmar and I'm going, we're going to San Fernando High, but we're doing drugs. Yeah, yeah. We're so messed up. We can't even focus. We can't concentrate. And was it true that when mom saw you, she was like, man. What the heck? What kind of weirdo is this? Yeah. <laughs> didn't you say something off the wall like, I'm going to marry her or something? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, once I began to connect with her and talk to her. I said, so she got plugged into the church. Yeah, she started coming. And, uh, man, uh, I, I started taking her out. I didn't even have a car yet, you know. I, I had one. I so don't know mom's how. just as OG as, as as they come. Yeah, from the beginning, like seven, late seventies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, actually, your mom uh, in seventy nine. That's when she came, but she was already um, experiencing Jesus mm. in her life. I I think maybe in in junior high. That's what we called it. We didn't call it middle school. In junior high and in the high school, and then of course you know she began to fall away. And uh, she was going to Trinidad Church at the time. And, uh, you know, she was looking for something at that time more, like, youthful, more yeah, energetic. Yeah, that's a Spanish church, right? Or Spanish-focused. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were English, too. But uh, back then, it was a whole different vibe, you know. But uh, she started coming there. She got turned on to it. And, uh, man, I started uh, dating her and... You know, uh, we started going out, but it was always like uh, I forgot uh, whose whose um, wedding it was. Um, she'll remember who it was, but we went to a wedding and we had to hit to ride with a brother named Wolf. You know, um, 
out of Pacoima, I think he was, but uh, we used to ride with him and uh, went to the wedding and all this and that. And I was taking the bus. Josh, you know, I, as I'm saying this, you know, I had also been invited to go to L.A. to go teach kids. So I, I went to L. I would take wow. the bus on San Fernando Road, and I don't know how, what, where. Who invited you to teach kids? Uh, actually, it was. Um, Isn't it I, ironic, though, like. Yeah, you're, you're. I mean, you dropped out of high school. Yeah, big time, man. So it's um, like, isn't it weird how sometimes we just get put in these situations where? Absolutely. And we'll get into this later to what you do now, but you still work with kids. In, in yeah, a way. but yeah. So Go that ahead, was sorry. the first time, Judge the Gutierrez, Isaac, and Josie Gutierrez. They, yeah, out of Pacoima, who later on launched uh, Spanish churches. But it was them. They they said they were connected to somebody out of L.A. They needed somebody that could teach the kids. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> I would take the bus, go over there early, and I still remember teaching the kids. I went to the book of Genesis, and I started real simple. You know, the earth was dark, void. There was confu- There was darkness, and yeah. then God said, and there was light. Yeah. And I just stuck with that idea. When you go to the room and it's dark, turn on the light. I mean, I, yeah, I just yeah. kept Keep it, it simple. real simple and just for kids to understand that God brings light mm. into your life. And, and anyway, so I, I remember that that was a first on. thing. That, that, that little sentence right there is really profound. God brings light. Yeah. That just hit me. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, absolutely, Judge, because uh, that's the whole that's the whole point of why we come to the Lord. You know, John was pointing. He was not the light. He said he was not the light, but he was pointing to to, to the light. Yeah. You know, and um, who called us, you know, of course, you know, those that are familiar with Scripture, how that he called us out of darkness into the marvelous, marvelous, light. marvelous light, right? And we walk in light. If you walk in light, you're not going to stumble. You know, you may. Yeah, you may, but. You know, you're gonna have light to be able to see yourself around. You know, I feel like you're preaching, man. You, 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 you're a natural. Like it just always will come out. I keep trying to put us back on the storyline. So, mom, you hook up with mom, yeah, and you guys started dating around like March Easterish, and then you got yeah. married in November of the same yeah, year. Yeah, so that's interesting because of seventy eight of seventy nine seventy nine the, the very first. Uh, she came in March, and then by Easter, we were going to do a uh, sunrise service at Veterans Park. And I, I invited your mom. I said, hey, let's go. Uh, let's go together. Hey, hey, let's go together. You know, and that was our, that's how we started our life is uh, we went there. And another date that we had, I took her to go hear Fred Price <laughs> down down in uh, on Vermont. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down in uh, down in the hood, he's actually in yeah. the hood, you know, um, Vermont. If you ever been over there, but actually, he wasn't. We didn't. I didn't take her the dome, right? Or is this? Yeah, the- they have the dome. But actually, uh, Fred Price was from the dome, but he was speaking over in uh, Palos Verdes. Oh, okay, he was out of the hood and went yeah. down to Palos Verdes. And that's where I took, that was a date that I took your mom on. Dr. Fred, Frederick Price. Um, I remember it. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Something like that. Okay. So you guys got married in 78 and then the church sent you guys out. Uh, Yeah. So just, we got married, we met in 79 of Easter, 
And by November of 79, I marry your mom. And man, that was interesting because um, the way that uh, we approached it back then, you know, she was like, well, where are we going to live at? I go, man, the Lord is going to provide, <laughs> you know, and even with our wedding and all that, I mean, it, it worked out good. We had um, the band there, Robert Torres band playing. And um, and even when we went on our honeymoon, we, we go up north. How ironic is that? We go up north on our honeymoon. And and on the way back, we had a two-part honeymoon. We go up north to our honeymoon, and uh, when we're coming back, we're going to go up to the mountains. Uh, supposed to be there with Jerry Savelle and his wife, you know, as a marriage retreat and all this that uh, up in the mountains. I don't know. I, I forgot the name of it. Um, Yosemite or Mammoth? No, no, no. Back down south, the mountains oh. uh, where everybody goes. Uh, I can't Bear. remember. Maybe Big Bear, Big Bear, I think yeah. it was something like that. But uh, so we go. Um, but on the way from north, we stop, and because we still didn't have an apartment we're gonna live at, and we stopped, and you know, we ended up getting this apartment on Stratton and Lancashire around that area, and boom, we put the money down, and boom, took off to our second part of our honeymoon. Well, we're up in the mountains, up in the snow, and you yeah. know, cold and all that, and um, and then from there, Josh, is that then, you know, we move in, and I, one thing I got to tell you, Josh, is that I always had an office, hmm. or I always had a space where I kept my um, scriptures, books, just a dedicated space where I always it's felt that, yeah, I've always felt it was important to learn. Because as a youngster, I wasn't into learning. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, it wasn't important. I didn't care about learning. And as a youngster, I didn't care about learning. And I just also was, I think I told you one time that I, I had a How did lazy, you learn how to study the scriptures? Man, you know what? You know what helped me is uh, the Bibles back then, they would have that, in, uh, not right. the index. With but the that, books of the Bibles. Yeah, could, but in the middle... It would give you verses that were tied to those verses. A and little I, concordance. Yeah. Built in, into the side of the Bible. Or actually, right in the center. Like, yeah. like oh, gotcha, you're reading gotcha. the verses yeah, and yeah, then yeah. boom. Right down the yeah. Yeah, and then, Josh, so what I would do is I discipline myself. To cross-reference. Yeah, and which was huge. The word discipline, I, mean, I just threw that out there right now. That was huge. I knew nothing about discipline. Yeah. But I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Rudy, you're going to sit. What? I can't sit. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm too edgy. I'm too, you know, I like to be on the move. I like to be on the forefront. I like to be in the action and all that. Right. And that was what God was, I felt like the Working Lord was saying. Working on you, like to sit down. Yeah. And so that's what helped me, Josh. And I literally would go to that scripture. I would save that spot and I'd go to the other scripture and then I would follow what that scripture was saying, and boom, I would circle all the way back around. And I always felt like one of the unique things about that style of, of looking at scripture and all that was that at least it would give you an overall general view of that particular topic of what you were looking at. So that you're looking at it from the old, the new, the Psalms, wherever it was taking you, so that you're not just looking at one little side of it and you just you know focus uh with a narrow view on it but rather you know you're looking at it as a theme as a theme throughout the bible yeah yeah 
But that's really what helped me is and I always had that dedicated space. And the, even uh, from the very beginning when I met your mom. And we had also a prayer, literally a prayer closet. Yeah. It was a, a literal player. player it was, closet, it was a closet. big closet, walk-in closet. I miss having that walk-in closet. Okay, so 1980, <laughs> you guys go to San Francisco. The church sent you there and then left you there, right? <laughs> kind of like left you guys on your own to yeah. figure this out. Yeah, so. Because we're already at 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to condense it. <laughs> oh my god no wonder this might be part three it might be if you want uh, yeah so you know after checking out bakersfield i felt god wasn't in bakersfield forgive me everybody in bakersfield but at that time <laughs> yeah. we ended up I don't, think, I don't think he's there now still. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we end up landing over <laughs> Wait, wait, so what what made you guys even go to Bakersfield? Like, did, did the church oh, want to expand or yeah, they so, wanted to try to? you know, we started talking about starting a church and. Uh, with Paul. With Paul, they're going to launch you. us, you know, and uh, we go to Bakersfield, man. I'm not feeling it. We spend one night. We're checking it out. We're, and now, nah, man, I, I'm just not feeling it. And then San Francisco kept coming up. And at that time, there was a lot of stuff happening in San Francisco, political, uh, politically speaking. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco was on the on the move, on the verge, um, and, and even in the gay community, as far as like um, in the politics. I can't remember the guy that was Harvey uh, Milk. Har- yeah, Harvey was uh, killed at that time. There was just a lot of uh, stuff going on. So we kept hearing a lot about San Francisco, San Francisco. And, you know, the reality, there it is. The reality Great. is, oh, <laughs> the reality of it is that I always wanted to go to San Francisco to go party in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, I always, that was the spot. Man, I kept hearing Hate about Ashbury. the Hate ashbury all this, that. I'm like, man, I want to go up there, you know, because. If you're going to, to San, San Francisco. Francisco. Man, and Josh, I always wanted to go there to go party. That was, if I ever thought of San Francisco, yes, it cool. was, let's go party, man. Yeah. We're going to hang out with the hippies. We're going to party. We're going to smoke all day long. We're going to drop some <laughs> LSD, some mescaline, and we're just going <laughs> to psych out and all that. <laughs> the perfect place to go. And yeah. Beautiful ev- weather, yeah. everybody will take you in. You know, right. the the mentality was, right, come love. and hang out yeah. with us, man. Yeah, yeah. You'll be crashed out over there for two weeks, three weeks, Somebody and then move on. Somebody you just met, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, so next thing I know is San Francisco's up coming up. Check it out. Yeah, and um, so Boom. we went up there. That city captured you. Oh, yeah. That city's hooked. always been alive. It, yeah, I was hooked. Um, but you guys show up and like, all right, this is it. Yeah, so we we actually went on a little caravan the first time we went to San Francisco. Uh, it's funny. Me, Paul, and I don't know who else was in the van at the time. We roll up on a hotel in Oakland. And they said, Rudy, go in there and tell them, ask them if they got any room, right, any space. I go in there, and I, I don't know, it looked like an Indian guy, you know, from India or something like that. He goes, no, cut that. He cussed me out, told me to get that like, out of like there. Like Rupaul? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like your homie. 
So, you know, I was like, what the heck, man? What kind of freak place am I, where are we going, you know? Get the park out of my hotel. <laughs> but he was pretty rough, man. Anyways, um, the next day we're rolling through uh, downtown Market Street and I see um, steam coming out of the manhole covers. And I'm like, man, what the heck? I'm right. expecting Dracula to pop out of the building yeah. over here or something, you know? Yeah, because you don't see that in L.A. Yeah, There's I know. No steam coming out of the mantle. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? It was just weird to me, right? And we're going like, man, this is a trip. And we go down Market, we hit Van Ness, and we follow Van Ness down to South Van Ness. And we're driving through the Mission, but we don't know it's the Mission. Mm. And as we're looking around, we keep going. We get off on in uh, on airport, and we head to uh, Brand Grand. Was it Brand or Grand? Brand, I think. Brand on South City. Or? South City, okay. yeah, South City. And as we go there, Josh, guess what? We roll up to the police department, and we get out. We go into the police department, and we ask them. What is the worst place? Where is the barrio? Where is their gang problems, drug problems? Where is the worst place in San Francisco we could go to? Guess what uh, South City PD. Uh, Police Department says to us? Go to the mission. So it was the police department. Where you, you guys had already checked out. Yeah. Or you drove through. Well, we drove through. And then when they said that, we went back, back to the mission, and we started really taking a closer look at the projects and mission, and realized that man, this is this is happening. This is it. So I I, I actually picked that song because Santana's from San Francisco. Yeah. So that, that music is the sound of the mission, like that early straight sound, up. Yeah. That early Chicano rock sound from the sixties and seventies originated, yeah. I think, with Santana. And and George Santana is his uh brother, you know, wrote Suavecito, you know. So oh, wow. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, Malo. So the, uh, his brother started Malo and uh uh him and a few other guys out of the Bay Area and uh Anyways, uh, he he just recently passed away. May he rest in peace, George uh, Santana. George Santana. But yeah, um, Josh, uh, I, I got to tell you is that once we seen that, we we said, okay, we're going to San Francisco. We made up our minds, and um, we already had it in our mind. We're going to San Francisco. Next thing we know, Debbie at the time, Debbie Montian says, "Well, I got a friend in Oakland." She says you could stay with them, and it was Tom and Irene Caruso. And we didn't know them. I didn't know who they were at first. And so when we first went, we stood with um, Tom, and Tom and Irene Caruso. And it's crazy because um, the first uh, morning that, you know, because Mom and I land there, and um, we're, we're reading the note on the, on the door. It says, if you're reading this, come on in. It's yeah. unlocked. Your bed's ready and all that. Yeah. We walk in, you know, we... Real hospitable. Yeah, very hospitable. And um, we knock out in the morning. I hear step footsteps. And who is it, man? I, I look, man. It's little Tommy, Deanna, I think it was. And uh, he would he would close his eyes. When, we, when I would look at him, he would close his eyes. <laughs> Like if I'm gonna disappear or something, <laughs> but um, but and then uh, when Tom and Irene woke up and all that, 
we're man, very hospitable. They're cooking breakfast for us and all this and that. And as we're talking, all of a sudden, Irene goes, I remember you, Rudy Trujillo. I remember you. The last time I seen you, you were at a party, long hair, wearing an army jacket. And she said, I remember. I know who you are and all that. I go, really? So and then I've come to find out I knew her brothers, you know, and all that. So know. she used to live in L.A.? Pacoima. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, and, a, what a coincidence, right? That was just a... Yeah, well, I, what Debbie Montian didn't tell us was that my friend used to live in Pacoima <laughs> and is up there. And uh, Tom and Irene oh, okay. were uh, mer- uh, sea merchants or something like that. And later on, began to work with that uh, on Treasure Island. Tom worked on Treasure Island. Oh, cool. With uh, youth, I forgot what program it is, um, Job Corps. Job Corps. And that's how, when we started the church in San Francisco, we started getting youth from Job Corps. And that was all due to um, Tom Caruso, Tom and Irene. So you guys commit to San Francisco. You move, you guys get your own apartment like in the one of the worst neighborhoods. Right. Man, we're right uh, in the mission. We almost got an apartment of, off of... Uh, Army Street, well, now they call it Cesar Chavez, and um, uh, South Van Nuys, or somewhere in that area where the projects are. And we almost got a place in one of the craziest projects ever. Uh, the first time that we went to go look at an apartment there, there had just been a shooting, a drive-by. And um, we went to look at, we go up to the second floor, look at this apartment, man. It was a dump. We're like, <laughs> what the heck, man? And this is 1980. 1980, July 1980. And uh, one of the things that happened in that was we're praying, too, because, you know, we got a U-Haul. That in itself is a crazy story, how we even got the money for the U-Haul, you know, due to. Because uh, you guys went up there with literally nothing, like a little bit of money. Yeah. Just like. Very oh, little money. The way We're going to go start a new life you weren't thinking about like a new you just were like we're gonna go start a church yeah and we're, we're straight up putting down roots in this new city yeah like nothing and even my boss for the new job i had he loved me man i had a lot of favor he would like one time he gave me a raise said rudy don't tell don't let any employees know and boom he gave me a, and he even gave me a one time your mom and i needed a radio right because man we need a new radio and we prayed, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. We prayed. Next thing I know, he gave me a five hundred dollar bonus, wow. and we bought the stereo with that. Wow. But anyways, the um, where was I? The um, next thing I know, we're praying, Josh, because uh, we, you know, literally we're running out of time. We need an apartment, and we pray. We go look at the apartment on Hampshire, where where your first house where or your first apartment where you lived at 1120 hampshire in between 23rd and 24th in the mission district in the mission district uh right at the end of the block your mom used to take you to park around the block uh from 24th and hampshire but man it was so uh drug infested after a while that uh you know i grew up playing in in sand uh in drug needle infested sand (laughs) playgrounds why yeah <laughs> yeah you did until we got to south city so i'm from the mission let's yes. put it out there i'm from the mission district. yes you are so yeah um so that's that's 1980 i come along yeah. so the church you guys start it you guys get a building and you guys have all these kids you guys have nothing but young people yeah so just the very first of course we started preaching on 24th and mission 
we started hitting the neighborhood real hard. I don't know that they had. You seen took anything. that same blueprint of what you guys were doing. Everything here. that we seen Paul do, you guys did it up there. We were doing it over here in San Francisco with bullhorns, all that speakers on the car, speakers out of the tr- on the truck. Yeah, I mean, we blasted uh, Polk Street, you know, on Halloween night. Man, I almost caused a riot. I even had the <laughs> Teen Challenge and all these people mad at me, like Rudy, what are you doing, man? I said I'm preaching, man. <laughs> because <laughs> that that was the blueprint that was the formula that yeah people would uh just just set up shop and just preach anywhere. oh my god man we preached on castro street we preached on polk street and literally josh i think like twice we almost started a riot and uh one time the police department said look you guys get out of here now or taking you in and they had those vans that's where they used to the put you in the, the paddy wagons <laughs> Uh, the vans, and um, as a matter of fact, we had some of the ET evangelism today uh, fa- uh, church that had come out for an outreach one time, and some of them I didn't go that night. I guess you know I was preparing for uh, service, but um, they all uh, they all got taken in, and just to humiliate them, they got strip search and the oh, whole enchilada. Wow. Man, dang! It was like we're gonna teach these Christians a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, how did you uh, pick the name New Life Faith Center? You know, I kept feeling. I think like, it's a combination. I think I can put pieces of the, like the, that yeah. whole faith movement back in the seventies. Exactly. 70s. Exactly. Okay. I kept feeling like, man, God wants to give us a new life, but we got to have faith. Yeah. That was uh, the, so. You were a product of that faith, um, that big faith thing. Yeah, but you know the the powerful and thing. When about I, oh, sorry, real quick for context. When I say faith thing, it was like this. This belief of speaking things into existence, right, or walking by faith in the sense of you can materialize things? Well, it was more like for us, Josh, it was like, man, this step out on the limb, God's going to do something. Yeah, like trust. Yeah, because I'm putting I, yourself out there. And yeah, like, because I also heard that other side of the story where I'm like, come on, dude, you know. Yeah. Like I, the Bible school I went through was a faith uh, Bible school, right? And there was word guys, of faith. That's what it was Word called. of faith. Right. The word of faith. And because there was guys on our graduation there day, I one guy that was graduating had me his card and said, "Speak it now, believe it now." You know, something along that line. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, dude, you know, we're just trying to reach people. You know, I I was yeah. coming more from the angle of man, we gotta reach people. We gotta preach the gospel. We gotta, you know, uh, somehow God wants to use us. And we need to step out by faith, you know. Yeah. So that's how we came up with the name New Life Faith Center, is because also the, from the Book of Romans that even though it's, uh, that we should walk in newness of life, from the Book of Romans, I think is chapter six, I, I believe it is. I'm not sure now. I have to go back, look at it, but it says um, even as Christ was um, uh, uh, buried, dead, etc. And raised that even so we should walk in newness of life, and that was where I got that from. Yeah. So I so I, I'm born '82, and yeah. obviously you know I have I have very vivid memories of of being a child in San Francisco. So <laughs> I I remember these things, and I was in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, weekends ago, and I sent you a video of some lady just preaching, just going at it in Spanish. In the mission district, twenty yeah. fourth and mission, and I was just like, oh my! Like 
the smell of the city, right? You just can't explain. If you're from the city, you you know what I'm talking. It's just this funky, weird kind of smell. But then you kind of get <laughs> whiffs of the bakery, like Diana's Bakery. Then you smell the garden asada cooking in, in uh, you yeah. know, uh, from the tacari- la taqueria. <laughs> yeah, I always get slammed because I don't speak Spanish, and when I say these words, I get made fun of. But you you have all these different sounds and sights and and um, and uh, smells in the city but that those are vivid memories for me like i remember being on that corner running around the the bart you know where you go down <laughs> to the to the subway system yeah. the bart and um just the different people talk about the people that god sent because yeah, yeah, what's that's... amazing to me now is that we're still connected or you are and and even me too we're connected to so many of those people that came to your church in the eighties. So almost 40 years later, yeah, like the, the impact that you guys made there is, is, is literally, you know, the, the relationships that were formed, it lasted for a long time. Yeah. Just, I am so blown away by what the Lord has done. Um, the other night, uh, Arturo Bautista posted a video on the cruising in the mission. And uh, I went on there, you know, and I said the only thing they didn't capture was us preaching on the street mm-hmm. uh, on 24th and Mission. Uh, but I got to tell you, Josh, is that from the very beginning, when we first started our Bible study. We started it at 1120 Hampshire on Jan- July 15th, because I write all these things down. July 15th, man, we start our first Bible study, and then boom, we get a building over across the street from Folsom Park. The very first service, man, I don't know why I always would do crazy stuff, but I put a speaker up on the window. There was a window that would um, fold down, and I put a speaker facing it to Folsom Park, and we started, well, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, man, bottles started flying, you know, from the guys that were partying over on uh, Folsom Park, and it's a concrete uh, park. But that, man, we packed that place out. That's where the, the old black preacher used to tell me because I was struggling to pay the rent because, you know, I'm paying our house rent. I'm paying the church rent. I'm not working. I'm totally right. dedicated to just preaching. Your mom's the one that was working. working. But I remember the old black preacher would call me and now, Rudy, you tell those people. <laughs> you tell them. They got to curse them if they don't tithe. <laughs> And he'd be smoking oh, no. a stogie, you know, with another theologian in there. I, I'd go in, you know, you know, with the smoke and all that. And where's um, this at in Oakland? No, uh, that was uh, on our first church on okay. Folsom. Oh, where you were renting from them? Yeah, oh, we're okay. renting from a Baptist. Yeah, we're renting from a Baptist guy, you know, an old preacher's, you know, and he's. Uh, that was the first building, man. Out of that building, we had people that were doing. They called it Sherms. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, man, God started moving in all these youngsters' life. And out of that, then, of course, you know, uh, the Lord opened up other doors. We went to Brisbane for a bit and then back to the mission. And um, it was incredible because out of all these years, we still have a lot of people that we're connected to. You know that, Josh, I get to hear even more now of of the impact or people that actually came uh, through came through faith and new life faith center and gave their life to the lord you know i'm constantly hearing 
like from Martin Cantu, he'll tell me, hey, I met so-and-so over here. They said that they, they came got, through your church. Right, um, right. From the Vince, early 80s. Yeah, from the early 80s. Vince Gomez, hey, I, I was talking, and they said, ba 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 ba. And uh, I don't know how many stories. Almost 40 years 40 later, years people later. still talk about those days. Yes, um, I'm blown away by that because of the fact um, that, you know, when I hear those kind of stories, oh, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord in this little place called New Life. They called it New Life. And they, they shortened the yeah, name of it. They yeah. called it. Uh, we were known as New Life um, in, in there. And, of course, even Bobby Torres ended up coming to us, who you were associated with uh in years Arizona, later, yeah. years later, but man, he was from Daily City, from uh, uh, yeah, that other gangster church. What, what was it called? Um, <laughs> well, he Victory was, Outreach. Yeah, he was with uh, Pastor Gilbert, uh, yeah. Victory Outreach, and uh, interesting, John, because it, it, so, it's amazing. So it was just like it was so alive. Yeah, like I, I could even as a kid just remember, you know, the, that feeling of just everything is just so alive. Isn't that weird? I remember giving my life to, to the Lord. Uh, and when we lived in uh, South City next to Alice, oh yeah, I like in my room. It was all just yeah, me. Wow. Like, I, it was wow. the the Freddie and Con- Freddie Concio tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man, he, Freddie Concio. He was a ventriloquist, and he used to do this act with these two dummies, Carlitos and Tumbalo. Tumbalo. But they he did a tape, and it was just comedy, yeah, just yeah. kid stuff. And then at the end, he was like, and I remember as a little kid, like crying and like actually wow. giving my life to the Lord. Man, a shout out to Freddie Cancio. And then, and then I remember in that same house, I traded a box of crayons for like a, a swimsuit issue like calendar, and I hid it behind my, uh, <laughs> I hid it behind my toy box. <laughs> and mom found Sucker. it. And mom found it. You guys don't remember this? <laughs> no, I remember I, this. I don't know. I remember this very vividly. I must have been like seven years old. Where the heck you get that from? From another kid in class, and I traded a box of crayons. <laughs> But at school or in church? At school. <laughs> well, yeah, because then I got kicked out of the uh, Christian school for fighting. Uh, remember that? Uh, yeah. Well, but you were I, I, all those like memories is with mom, but like all the street stuff and the yeah. church stuff oh, was my with God, you. Josh, you even preached with us in Sunnydale Projects, uh, the um, Geneva Towers. Yeah. Out in the neighborhood, man. Because I, I remember one time we were preaching out there, right? Always with the speakers. Yeah, well, I told Danny. <laughs> Danny, if Ninja you, Danny. Ninja Danny um, Vargas out of the Bay Area who's a, I don't know if he's a federal cop or something like that now. But anyways, I told Danny, I said, Danny, keep an eye on Josh. Don't let him get out. <laughs> and I'm out there preaching. Well, wow, friend of mine, Jesus, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, Josh comes running out, almost gets hit by a car, and the dude is yelling at me. Yeah. Like, what are you doing letting your kid out? I'm looking at Danny like, man, I should ninja kick him or something. <laughs> oh, man. So, that yeah, so this is definitely going to be part three because we're already at 55 minutes, so we're going to definitely have to go to part three. Wait, huh? Yep. Yeah, because you, you, you preach a lot. Oh, okay. So we're, we're, we're I'm trying to, like, Move us along, but in each little segment, you're going to go on like a five, ten minute, really little tangent, <laughs> which is fine. It just I'm gonna, I'm trying to, you know, my job is to try to keep moving. You and know, you're Josh, gonna I, I got to tell you, man. Um, ever since March of 1978, that happened to me. 
<laughs> I went into that mode. Yeah, it, it just yeah, yeah it, it, that's that's who you are. Which I, is I didn't tell you, man. I even started. Um, I'd show up to Seven uh, Eleven right before two a.m. to oh, catch wow. some of the late stragglers, and you don't need that. You oh need living man, water. <laughs> yeah, you need living water. <laughs> I was doing all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, that's the uh, some of the San Francisco part of the story. We're going to have to move it on to a part three for sure. And we're going to talk about when we when you came back to Los Angeles. All right. Yeah, because, uh, of course, we, you know, as you were mentioning, Josh, with the work with the kids. And it's how ironic that the police department is the one that led us to the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that concludes this part two. I'm going to close us out with some more. Santana from the mission. All right. This is Santana. You're listening to music from the Bay Area. <laughs> I love this album. I love Santana from the 70s. Yeah. I don't like the 90s stuff, except for a couple of albums. The live Milagro album, you used to play that a lot too. Yeah. Santana's bad, man. And uh, his brother, uh, George Santana. Two of the baddest Latino uh, guitarists ever. Yep. All right, Dad. Well, thanks for coming on for part two. All right, Josh. Thanks for having me. We're going to do part three for sure. We have to do part three. Josh, love you, man. Love you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody.